0: Super stoked to have Distro Kids sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland. And not only do they offer free music on their, their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys and they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights and all the goods. So come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space and good eats. Big thanks to produce row cafe, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it.
1: Looking down at the corner of the room.
0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just go ahead, hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. You can find the podcast on Spotify now. And I've also been dropping some monthly playlists there every first of the month. And I will put the links in the episode notes for those along with the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts. Hope everybody is doing well out there. I've been scrambling around trying to get my things together as I am about to take off to leave for L.A. for the weekend. Which I guess I'm already in L.A. if you're listening to this on release day going to meet my buddy bird out there and we're going to go see one of our favorite bands of all time which is thrice and we have seen them countless amount of times together stoked to see them on this tour and get back to the hollywood palladium i have not been to the palladium in in so long so it'll be cool to be back there and definitely gonna take a trip over to the the comedy store as well so i'm trying to get things together over on this end and uh, it's been a busy week as it always seems to be I always think that there's going to be more time in the day to do certain things but excited to share this week's conversation with you hitting you with a double dose this week Instead of releasing a volume of I Dig Records on this past Wednesday, I ended up putting out another one of the chats that I did out at Treefort. So there was also a new episode of the podcast released just a couple days ago with a band called Winter Forever out of Boise, Idaho. And uh, on this fine Friday, I have this great conversation to share with you With Brandy Zidane out of Nashville, Tennessee. She's a killer guitar player, incredible songwriter. And I had the opportunity to chat with Brandy, oh, I don't know, about a month or so ago. We had this conversation about this record that, that comes out today. Release day is October 29th for Falcon. So it should be available on all your streaming services now. And there is uh, there are some vinyls that you can pick up for it. So I'll put the links in the episode notes for Brandy Zidane. So you can pick up some of her, her merch and continue to follow and support her. If you dig what you hear in this episode and throughout this conversation. This was definitely a chat that that stuck with me after talking with Brandy, the, the content of her new album Falcon comes with, with quite a weight and talking about miscarriages and, and pregnancies thereafter and, and birthing a child and, and everything that comes in between that, all of the, the anxiety and emotions and growth that, that comes from all of that. and, I learned a lot and received a lot, and just very stoked that that Brandy was willing to come on the cast and share her story about the themes surrounding her new record and and talk to me about her career in the music business. This one just really helped inform my perspective, and I appreciated our, our talk quite a bit. And I think the courage to share such stories so willingly has always drawn me in and I think it's a powerful thing and it's, uh, it is often very helpful for those that surround you that might be going through something similar and maybe not even going through something similar, but it can hopefully help others understand an experience or maybe have more, more empathy towards people going through certain things. So big thank you to Brandy Zidane for sharing her story through her new record Falcon and a big thank you to her for being willing to to talk with me about everything and just giving me some of her her time just once again feeling very grateful for the opportunities to have these types of conversations with people about their music and where they come from and their their life experiences so we're going to get into that momentarily can't encourage you enough to go back to last week's episode episode 278 with Noah Gunderson it was uh, my second opportunity to get to chat with Noah on the mics it was the first time we got to chat in person though so that made it extra special saw Noah play a couple weeks ago in Denver at the Soil Dove Underground amazing stripped down solo acoustic show, very intimate, and then had the opportunity to chat with him the next day. So that is now available. And if you dig this chat with Brandy Zidane and this type of music, I would encourage you to also go back about a month or so and check out the Suzanne Santo episode. She's got a new record that is amazing and the week before that was the Morgan Wade episode. So, yeah, if you're new to the show, go back, check out some some prior episodes. Appreciate you uh, checking this thing out if you tuned in because you are a Brandy Zidane fan. And I really hope you enjoy this conversation with her as much as I did. If you are a Portland, Oregon local and you want to see some free live music, you should definitely go down to... Produce Row Cafe in Southeast Portland every Wednesday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They've got free tunes going on over there. Covered, heated patio throughout the fall and winter. So that is not a problem. And some great singer-songwriters and DJs there regularly. On November 3rd, Curtis Reynolds and Salvatore Manalo will be down there sharing a bill. November 7th, Leah Huser and Allison Self will be playing. Allison is also playing on November 21st as well, so she will be down there a couple days this month. And November 17th, Yours Truly will be doing a DJ set there, a little Ernie Moose DJ set. So come on and hang out with me on November 17th, spinning the digital jams from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. over there. At Produce Row Cafe And with that we are going to get in To episode 280 With Brandy Zidane We're going to kick off the episode With the first track Off of that Falcon record And really feel like this one Sets the tone for the album So that is why I wanted to Open the episode up With this one And it's called Dying Inside Let's do the damn thing
1: This wind makes me mourn everything. The birds can't even fly. The dust fills up the sky. The Winnipeg Waltz. I was scared.
0: To chat with you, I have been doing my Brandy Zidane homework and doing the deep dive on the whole catalog. I'm stoked to ch- chat with you about your new record Falcon. And, uh, but I thought beforehand, since we don't know each other and I don't know a whole lot about you, I thought it would be great if we could maybe start at the beginning of the journey and kind of provide some, some context, set the scene for how we get to this point in your career and uh this falcon record so when did you first start playing music
2: well music for me has been kind of a part of life since the beginning it's it's part of some of my earliest memories or actually just really are my earliest memories it just includes um hearing music singing from a single digit age um, I kind of I don't remember it um not being there you know so it's just this thing that's always been and I knew early on in my life that I was that this was going to be what I did <laughs> however it worked out for me there's been interests that have come along the way I mean when I was A teenager in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, writing songs for the first time. Preteen, really, that was. I had been already studying classical voice for a few years, which is hilarious to think about, Um, and been in all the choirs and all the things. And as a teenager playing songs out of mine for the first time, I didn't think then that I'd be a guitarist, you know, let alone did I know anything about production. Um, So I feel as though as the years take me further in and I do a thing, and then I kind of, that's like, okay, cool. So I was in a duo for the first part of my 20s. And we traveled all over the world. And that was interesting. We made records. And then I started a solo journey after that and that was interesting for me as well because my identity was so wrapped up in a duo (laughs) for almost a decade and that band was called Twilight Hotel and it was kind of a dark Americana folk thing before Americana was even a thing and we were just a band based in Canada and we decided to make a move to the States um after we were nominated for some Juno Awards, which is Canada's Grammy. And we were really not feeling the love in Canada. <laughs> Nobody knew what to do with us. And we didn't feel the love. I mean, we were nominated for these great awards. I remember thinking when we went to the Junos in Vancouver, which is near where you are-ish, um I thought, okay, so here we are, we're the only people that are nominated that don't have a team, we have no manager, we have no agent, we are like solely based, these nominations are solely based on our artistic merit, which is really, really, really cool in my eyes, but also like, well, someone just be our fucking booking agent already
0: (laughs) yeah like why is no one paying (laughs) attention outside if we're
1: we're being nominated for this which is actually
2: actually funny because i could actually say those exact words now like why don't i have a fucking (laughs) booking agent this is ridiculous so so i thought okay we had already been touring the states a little bit still living in canada and it was really this kind of a thought of why don't we go to where we're getting the love um i think that's something that you've when that happens in your life, whatever it is you do, you, you will want to gravitate towards that. So we moved to the States. We moved to Austin, Texas. We had been there a bunch previous years touring, just hanging out with friends. And it was either that or Memphis, Tennessee at the time. We had been spending a lot of time there too. But Austin felt like the right place. And that was before all of the uh, Austin shit happened like not shit but just like everybody started moving there and all of the kind of bohemian vibe it had kind of started to go away although I still do love it and miss it um so that was you know that was a band I was in and then I didn't think I'd be a guitar player and then I was a guitar player after that band broke up in Texas um I also think that things in careers come out of necessity too and that being a hired gun guitar player came out of necessity as I was in the States on an artist visa and I had yeah. to hustle to make a living. Um, and I didn't want to break any rules because they will kick you out and not let you back in.
0: <laughs> yeah. And by that, mean, you mean that you had to like keep working to be able to kind of stay, right? Keep some, working to stay, way. but
2: also just make money just from music.
0: Yeah. Is that the Trishas that you're talking about with that?
2: That was was the Trishas, yeah. Um, Some of my best friends uh, are from that band. Um, We became so close. And when they asked me at first, I thought, oh, man, really? Can I do this? Yes, of course I can. I mean, and again, I will relate that to present time where here I am, Producing a record and, and I mean, I've produced records for other people, but really more like engineering a record for myself and thinking, can I do this? And it's like, yeah, of course you can. It's no problem. You'll just learn how to do it. Yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating little bits and pieces of of how we hold ourselves back. But I think that uh, because I'm a lifelong learner, I've gotten to this point. In my career, um, and I'm still wanting to do more tasks and more of the things, and different things are are interesting or interesting to me. Like, you know, a decade on the road was a decade on the road, more so actually, more than a decade. And and I'm I'm cool to just hang out <laughs> while this record comes out. Hang out in Nashville. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> just sure. like be still. This record was born out of out of that that stillness. I wouldn't have been able to make it if I was on tour. I wouldn't have learned these skills. So, yeah, I'm I'm grateful for all the things that got me here. And I think I needed to go through all of the things to get here.
0: Yeah, but you, even from a young age, you felt like you um, you really processed the world in some way through the music that you were making?
2: Always. Always, always, always. I think it was the thing that... Yeah, it's the way to pr- to process emotion, to yeah, the world around you, um to sort through all of those feelings and things you might not know about. Yeah. Writing songs just kinda just kinda happened from an early age and I didn't know anything about it honestly till I was in my <laughs> early <20s. Yeah. laughs> twenties. St- there- I still am learning about it.
0: Was there anybody around you at that time playing music? Did you come from a musical family or was this just something you kind of gravitated on your own?
2: I did not come from a musical family. Uh, There are some musicians within the family. My grandpa played a little bit, um, but uh, not not surrounding me. Like they were all, it was all outside of my immediate immediacy. And, and I do you think that growing up in Winnipeg was a massive influence and that city is full of world class musicians they are everywhere and i don't know if it's the winters that do it to mm, us up there but there's sense. something that maybe we're we're more disciplined maybe but also i remember going to the Winnipeg folk festival at an early age which is one of the best folk festivals that i've still remains number number 1 top 5 of all the ones i've been to in the in my career and they would just bring in world class talent that i wouldn't have seen otherwise and that was that was really cool so that i think you know being a an impressionable teenager <laughs> And, and yeah. seeing, also seeing that you can have a career in a lot of different ways from an early age, you can be like a singer songwriter and have a fan base and you're not on the radio necessarily. Like mm. that doesn't make sense to a lot of people unless you're exposed to it, especially up there. I mean, I think even for, for today's youth, I think it's so important for people, for, Teens and whoever it is that want to do this to see that there's so many different ways to do it, and I think that was really, really important early on for me.
0: Yeah, you think that made you feel like you could accomplish that or follow that path a bit? Because, yeah, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I think I kind of grew up only knowing one way of of how you can make it in the music business, and it was being a rock star. You know, like that was my surroundings of being a a kid growing up in Southern California in the, you know, outside of L.A. in the suburbs. It was you kind of just knew the glory of Sunset, the Sunset Strip, you know.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. Right. And that idea of um, you only have one shot, right?
0: Yeah. You don't really know these like blue collar musicians that you know, just make a, a decent living for themselves and they get to play music. You know, they're right. not, they don't have six cars nor do they desire that. They're just doing their thing and they're kind of off the radar, which is maybe the best of both worlds. So you don't have to
1: mm-hmm. deal
0: with that kind of attention all the time.
2: Yeah. And like the the idea, like these, these talent shows that exist right now where they really make, the general public believe that like you need to have this shot or that's it. Like this one thing that and I just don't believe that I never have really believed that. So I think I was already giving myself really attainable expectations when I started. Um, and I continue to do that. And I, I think that if you are doing, if you're kind of remaining true to yourself as an artist, you're going to find your place like I'm still, I'm still figuring out what that place is, right? Like if I had a fucking agent, it would be better. <laughs> God damn it, or a manager. No, I'm just kidding. It really, it honestly doesn't matter. There's also, there's also, um, you can also do all of this stuff without those things, <laughs> which you can learn as well. So yeah, I mean, thank God we don't have just have one shot, right?
0: Yeah, Absolutely. What do you remember about playing music in front of people for the first time?
2: Good question. Um, I do have tiny little bits of memories of of singing in choirs when I was young. And I was given the super high descant parts to sing. And I do remember thinking that it was great. I also remember being in... um, these moments of, like, they're really just kind of blurry little blips now where I think back. Uh, what I do remember the most is that those first times, man, the fearlessness that I had, I wish I could get it back. Like, I wish I could have that again. Like, even as a, when I think of, like, pl- I remember playing um, Come Together on an upright piano in front of all these people. I think it was some sort of like weekend choir conference, but it was the talent show part. And I was, that was what I decided to do. So I was really into the Beatles when I was 12 and I was probably in some sort of polyester shirt with like a tie-dye shirt underneath or whatever. But, um, I just, it just, that, that fearlessness. And even, even when I think of being 15 or 16 and playing in high school and playing my own songs, that's what I remember about it. And I I want it I want it back. <laughs> oh, maybe it's it's probably the naivete as well, right? Like just being a naive you you're naive enough that you have no fear. And that's there's something really special about that. But yeah. also I think I'm getting to the place where I'm like, I'm going full circle now where I I know a lot. I don't know everything, obviously, and I'm still always learning, but I know enough about myself that I can kind of kind of start to grasp that fearlessness again, which I'm really I'm I'm feeling it. Especially having recorded and done this whole record, you know. I mean that's that's uh I think that's a test to my fearlessness really right now, anyway, as an artist and just going for it. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. And and I think maybe it has to do with the the weight of the content that comes out over a course of a career or at least with yours you know this you that uh you weren't singing about the same things you were singing about as a teenager as you are with you know the falcon record and the weight that comes with all of that so I'm, i'm assuming that has to do with it a little bit too but did you ever feel from the beginning that there was uh something like special or scary about being that vulnerable with your feelings?
2: Well, honestly, there, when you have, when you have a baby, there's something that is all of the vulnerability is like blown open. So aside from any artistry or songwriting, you are probably at your most vulnerable place that you ever are at in your life in those first um that like first few days, the first few weeks, and then the first few months and you are you are this raw um it's it's really I feel like I I was the closest that I'll ever be to feeling like an animal. <laughs> so <laughs> if that if that makes sense like a raw animalistic sort of I am here to make this this being survive. And this is my like task. So there is a vulnerability about going to that space and embracing that and kind of like, and just being with it. Um, plus I was really in it because basically the world locked down as soon as we got home from the hospital, actually right when we were in the hospital. So I was, um, I wasn't scared to go there with the songs and the record because I had been there already. And I had been to a scarier place than this will ever be. Than this, like singing about these things and and talking about these things. I've already been to the scarier place. And it was okay. I got through it. I was fine. But you really are at that. I mean, that... I almost... (laughs) I'm not having another baby I've decided to just have one, I think, but I almost want to just experience that whole thing again, just to see if, it, yeah. if it's the same again. <laughs> Cause man, it's it's so wild. And that's the other thing, like there is a track on the record called I am wild. And it is really all about that. It's about like just being at like this purest form of human and animal and mammal it's beautiful it's really beautiful as scary as it is it's beautiful so yeah fearlessness with singing about this stuff um and doing all this and and just diving into it into the record it was okay i was scared yeah but it's okay
0: have you personally always been drawn to singer-songwriters that were very forward with their their feelings and experiences
2: Good question. Um, I would say yes and no. I tend to be a listener to the sounds first. So um, I derive a lot of feeling from the emotions of the instrument. And I think that's why I like an artist like Daniel Lanois so much. Um, Or, I mean, there's there's so many or even like just the, the heart involved in something. You know, when you can kind of sense that, I gravitate to that before um, necessarily lyrics and content. And then if that's there, too, it's like, of course, yes. But someone like Joni Mitchell or Patti Smith, all of that's there, you know, or Neil yeah. Young, all these greats, right. Leonard Cohen, all of the heavyweight sort of singer-songwriters that, yes, they weren't afraid to sing about all of that so i think i am drawn to it but of course i'm first drawn to to interesting sounds
0: (laughs) yeah and just the something that has feel and heart to you what was it like for you to go make that that self-titled record and what do you remember about making that one because i enjoy a lot of the jams on there especially only the sad songs is is so killer
2: Mm, thank you thank you that that was um i actually think that was a little scarier to dive into solo life with that record um i had met the producer teddy morgan who is still a close friend of mine and sort of musical brother when I met him, I knew he was the right person to make the record with and I felt safe enough and I also thought his sound, sound palette was interesting. And in Nashville, you can work, you can, I think there's people that, singer-songwriters, especially women, where there are a lot of producers that will just put the same sort of, normal ass stuff around you and you will just sound so fucking generic. And I knew early on that that was not what I was going to do. Of course, having an ear for production and sort of, and sounds. So I was looking for someone that was going to be like creating a band, like, you know, um, yes. Creating a band around me versus let's have all the same session players that exist in Nashville and it'll be boring as fuck. So when I first met Teddy Morgan, he put an Omni cord in my hands. He's like, what can you do with this? And I wrote a song called More of, the, More of a Man on it. And it was the coolest thing. I'm like, dang, I never even knew that I could go there. Like in this pop sort of pop sensibility, pop rock sensibility thing going on. Awesome. Like that's the kind of people you want to be surrounding yourself with that and that's the kind of producer I want to be for people as well. Yeah. Um but I remember I remember that about making that record and I remember how it was a good time. And we got to work. The the last two records I made were in a place called uh, the Creative Workshop in Nashville, one of the oldest studios in Berry Hill. Has such a great 70s vibe, great board, great room. I recommend it to anyone coming to town. Um, it, you know, I, I hear it now and I, and I'm, there's still jams that I love. There's a song on there called Cut and Run. I will probably always play.
0: Yeah. That jam you know, kills. It's uh, it gives me Tegan and Sarah vibes. Oh
2: yeah. Nice. Nice. I remember seeing them when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh yeah. They were so, they're so great.
1: Tragedy
2: Good memories from that you know um I think I am able to have some perspective when I'm making a record when I'm in the depth of making a record I can still maintain perspective so um and like an overview of it all and and I'm 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 glad with how that worked out it, it came out how it was supposed to you know And uh, I'm really, I'm proud of those songs.
0: But you were, you know, you were in there, you were in the room and voicing your ideas and letting them know that, you know, you had your own producing chops and you weren't just going to kind of stand by and...
2: Well, I didn't have them then, to be honest. Um, That's only been in the last couple years where, I mean, I have had, I've been making records since I was a late teen But and that and all when you make records your whole life all of that you're you're like a sponge you you listen well if you're if you're the right if you're doing it right you're taking in all the information from the people around you that know more than you know so I've been doing that for a long time and I did not want to produce this record that came out that uh, Falcon that is the latest one I wasn't expecting to I was still waiting maybe for like two or three more before I was gonna do it for myself so again something born out of necessity with this stuff with this record with this material um but I always I knew or I knew that yes I'm voicing my opinions even in that self-titled record but I know enough where I still know that I'm being produced I don't deserve a co-production credit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, an artist yeah. of course is going to voice their opinions and do their thing. But I knew that the next record along was like, well, this is where we start to co-produce here. You
0: know? For sure. Yeah. I love Navigator off secret tier. Mm, thank you.
2: Yeah. That's one of my favorites from there.
0: There's something that kinda of grabs my attention about your songwriting is your the rhythm and your vocal delivery really stands out to me and I think with that navigator track that really comes through.
2: it mm, cool. Yeah. There's something that I feel like there's a couple, there's always one or two of those types of songs on each record where I'm using a beat machine of some sort, you know, and that kind of births a certain song. Like Protector on the new one, or Can You Be Alone is another song that's like that, where I'm I'm like, let's just start, let's just start with a beat, you know, and then see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And is
0: that kind of how you're even producing a song like Protector? You're just throwing that, that drum loop kind of on and seeing how you can build from there? Or did it still kind of start on a guitar?
2: That one did start on a guitar. Um, and I had no idea. That was actually a real last-minute ad because my my publishing company needed ten songs. I had to submit a ten-song record, so I'm like, oh, I've got this one, and I thought I would do something different, something a lot different than what I had actually ended up going with for the production style. But again, things born out a necessity. I because I was recording at home, like, how can I do this in an interesting way? and i think i think we had actually already recorded drums too i'm like oh i still need to do this one so there's the rhythm ace over there let's just turn it on and like really get the jj kale feel
0: yeah that's what i was gonna say man it just like uh, kills with that it gives that jj kale vibe and that's that's undeniable so tapping into that with all the bluesy guitar shit you got going on with that song it's great i
1: kicked you out of my house that for In-
2: It is my it is my whole production nod to him of course (laughs) like fully blatant all the way i mean even to the point of like you know when you listen to there's some songs on his records where it's fading out and like the guitar solo is still going and you're like oh no but it's getting good i want to hear it i want to hear it oh it's
1: gone
0: yeah (laughs) I think it's just a trip like listening back to those early records that he was using that drum machine in the 70s, and it sounds that good.
2: It sounds that good.
0: And, so cool. Because there's plenty of stuff that came out after that as far as drum machine vibes that came out on weird Casio keyboards throughout the 90s that sounded pretty awful, or you, you walk into a show and you see someone playing over these these drum loops or drum machines that, that sound very cheesy, but mm-hmm,
1: that that mm-hmm.
0: particular sound just kind of taps into the, the feel that you were talking about earlier.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's a king of feel for sure and just laid-backness. I mean, oh, gosh, it's so good. So, so good. But, yeah, I think um, it <laughs> – it's a it's an interesting thing. Like I don't even I don't I I've even for kind of forgot that that's like a blues song. You know, I like, guess it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, from the opening of of Falcon with dying inside, I think you could tell that you're uh, I don't know you're gonna grab the attention of the listener with this raw and raw vulnerability and that's maybe hasn't been tapped into quite this way throughout the, the catalog of tunes. And I know this record comes from uh, a place with a lot of weight and heaviness. So talk to me about Falcon and, and how uh, this thing kind of came about and how this writing process and recording was, was different from the other records that you've made and, yeah, feel free to share whatever you're, you're comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. Cause I know it's a yeah,
2: heavy it's, um, shit. Man, it is very different than anything else I've done. And I think I'm already feeling like just in reactions from, I don't, I don't tend to, to th- go much into reactions from, uh, you know, media and stuff, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. People are going to take it for what it is. Um, but people that know me and people that I respect as musicians, as artists, um, the the response that I have gotten, even from close musical friends who know my whole catalog, they, they're like, okay, you you went there. You like did what we all want to do. And, I, and I'm meaning that vulnerability in that, like... Because I think that's thrown around a lot. Like, this is my most personal work. Yeah. You know, this is my most vulnerable work. I've even said that before. I said that about my last record. And that, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It was true at the time. But my gosh. Knowing what I know now, um, this is created... Without any masks on um, there's no there's none they're all gone and I honestly there there is fear involved in it because that because vulnerability is like what's the definition you are um, putting something forth without knowing what the reaction is going to be right and I guess because of being bro- like broken open with with going through a miscarriage, which then informs your pregnancy um and then birthing and raising a child and being a mother in the beginning of the pandemic, well, I mean it's still the pandemic. it's just been a really interesting ride, and I think um the miscarriage, the grief, all of that, you know, even just learning about how this is such a common occurrence and women aren't supposed to really talk about it. I mean, I started getting really mad. Um, And that kind of remained, I'm still a little pissed about it. And that's why I wrote a song like The Worst Thing. Um, And that's why I wrote about my my ex my personal experience in falcon's wing um and i just think that we have to tell the stories um that's the only way that other people will tell their stories i'm comfortable enough to tell them and comfortable enough to share that vulnerability within a song um i will say there's the video for the worst thing might It's another step of vulnerability for me. And I was very uncomfortable making it. And uh, it's it's great. When you are uncomfortable, you're stretching yourself. You know, vulnerability is not a comfortable place to live. But once you're kind of through it and then you've processed some things. Honestly, when I made, when I was sitting down to think about how I could make this happen. Obviously, a pandemic is raging. There's no money for me to go make a record, you know, um, not like I had planned. And I was dealing with some postpartum depression as well. Just a lot of a lot of layers. There's so many layers to this whole thing. And they all work together. But I um, just kind of thought at one point in time, like, oh man, maybe this is my time where I need to learn how to do this for myself. And I think the universe is telling me that. And I think I need to listen up hard because I can, if I go to this place right now and I try to get these sounds that I'm going for and put these songs down, something is going to happen. Um, and it did. And I had to kind of trust myself. Yeah and it was hard, and it I didn't know if it was gonna work. I mean, I knew, I, I knew the songs were gonna work. You know, that's something that, it's like you have the songs, you go into the studio, you're ready to do that. It's like the learning of how to make the sounds. I mean, I also, this is the other thing. Like, when you've made records your whole life, it's like you know that if the source is good, you're gonna be able to make it sound good. It's really that simple. Everybody out there, recording is not a mystery. <laughs> just, you just getting need, the good stems. You <laughs> just need to have good—I mean, good taste and good yeah. ears. That's what you need to have. Um, like I think about people that are going to to school here in Nashville, Tennessee, like for recording. You know, like you, yeah, you can you learn how to do all the technical things and you you get all your gain staging and and mic placements, but like. Nobody can teach you taste and nobody can teach you ears. So if you don't have that going in, like, that's why I'm still of the mind. Like, it's great that we can record records at home and yeah, everybody can, but not everybody can, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. Like, um, it's so accessible, but at the same time, like that doesn't mean it's going to be good. And Again, that was like kind of in my mind in the background, but I'm also thinking, no, 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 no. I've done this too long. I know how this is supposed to sound. I know how this needs to be recorded to then be mixed. Um, and I made reference mixes for my mixer, Josh Grains, who is an incredible guitar player and steel guitar player um, and sound engineer as well. And he did an incredible job, and you would never know that it's record- it was recorded in my tiny laundry room in my old house. You'd never know it, and I'm like, That's I'm I'm not afraid to say that either.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, I think it's pretty rad that you were able to do that because the record sounds great. You would have no idea if you told me you recorded that in the the you know the most well respected studio in in the world i would have been like yeah cool but you did it in your your bedroom or your bathroom and got got the same <laughs> the same vibes out of it Just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 pub located in the alphabet district of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Muscles and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode.
2: And I mean, I purposefully... like. I know how stuff is sounding on the radio these days and it is like super, super bright. Oh my gosh. And this is not that, you know, I'm not, I wasn't making a record for, for the radio. I was, I was purposefully going for all of these sounds on it and, and some of the like lower fi vocals and the way that they're, that they're processed. Um, that's all on purpose. And that was how I wanted it to be. So I also knew that that approach with these songs and how I wanted them to come out would work in my setting. Like I have a whole record that's written that is super big like going to be rock trio riff rocky. I cannot do that in my house. Obviously. So it's it's also about knowing your knowing where something is supposed to live. So everything kind of really came together with this, with this record in, in terms of, uh, where, what the songs were, what they needed to be. They were more intimate, more sort of layered with all these guitars and vocals. Yeah, cool. I can do it at home and then I can take it somewhere and do drums. Couldn't do drums at home, but yeah, it's, it's, um, just kind of knowing, knowing what to do, but also just, I just had to trust my ears. Like really, I really did. And, and they came through for me and I have, I have a newfound confidence within, within that. And, and and with my ears um it is also just to kind of to hit on this topic like doing this record and doing these things I feel as though it is a moment for me to own these titles like yes I am a producer I am an engineer I am all of these things I, f- I feel like as Women in the business, and especially these parts of the business, um, we shy away from saying like, "Oh well, I've only done two records. Like, I've only produced a couple, or I've, you know, oh well." It's like, no, hold on, hold on. If 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 a man had like half of the qualifications, they would immediately own their title.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so, like, no offense. No, no. I'm,
0: I'm with you. I, I think you should, you should own it all Brandy. I like you, you are all of these things, you know,
2: but it's, it's, it's this like, um, I just want to be an example in that. And like, I've still like, Oh God, I don't, I don't know how to engineer on big consoles and studios, but man, that's cool. Like I'm going to know, I'm going to know how to do it and I can still call myself this. And yeah. It's just, uh, we just have to especially on like behind the board stuff, like we gotta we gotta be there, we gotta be there more so the percentage of women is it's like five percent, and it's gotta it's gotta get gotta get higher. so I'm just um all about owning these right now and hope and like hopefully it can it can also whether or not people even like the record, like I don't even care. it's just like, hey. Oh, she did that. I think I can do that too. Great. Yes you can. Go do yeah. it. Like go try. Like even just just engineer your own demos at home. Like you can yeah. do it, you know?
0: Representation is key. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, I just appreciate the way that you shared your story through the record, especially on a song like Falcon's Wing. I think for um you know, me being a male it gave me a lot to think about, about what hmm. someone going through a miscarriage can, uh, you know, be experiencing. And and one thing I didn't even consider or touch my mind was, you know, maybe this this doubt you get into of, you know, is my, my body like strong enough to nurture something growing inside of me? And you kind of like touch on that in Falcon's wing. And that that was the thing that kind of like open my eyes heavy and so oh wow you know I think those are those are the huge rewards I guess in sharing your story and something like that
2: yeah wow well, I you know I I didn't even really that there's it's just kind of one line in there and that that's interesting that there could be that response from it um then there is I mean honestly that is something that women have so much guilt after these experiences and they, they blame themselves. There's so much blaming when there's no, like you, you can't do anything about it and it's not even yeah. your fault, but that blame kind of continues. Like in that guilt, that's hard. That's hard stuff. So, um, but also too, and you're like wondering, you have all these thoughts all the time about, well, what if that one day I just didn't do that one thing
1: hmm, Would that yeah. have
2: changed at all? Like would that have made a difference? And I mean, I still think about that. I even still think about that with I mean, even just like my whole how how my birth happened, like if I just had done one thing or that I don't it's so crazy what our minds do.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I thought about that and I thought about like the anxiety that you must kind of carry forward into, you know, trying to to do it again and Trying to birth a child. After that, so it spoke heavy.
2: suffered a miscarriage or any kind of pregnancy loss like um in my own experience the as soon as you see that little plus sign or whatever it is it's like joy and then it's oh no dread so like there's never that naive joy again you like get Mm -hmm. it for one like just one time and you're like okay if i just make it to you know X date here on the calendar, then I'm good to go. Oh, but am I? And we also like we also kind of live in this time where you're looking on the internet for all these answers. And there are no answers on the internet for you as a mother. There are none. It's just <laughs> it's you, you are actually left being more confused. Um, whether they're in your womb or they're out of your womb.
0: (laughs) I I would imagine there's just as many made up truths on the internet about, uh, about motherhood.
2: Or, or it's like you, you're just wondering about like, okay, if they sleep a certain way or like a certain kind of bassinet or whatever the hell kind of device you're using, there's all of this information about how it's great. And then there's information like, well, it might kill your baby. It's like, what is it? (laughs) And you're up at like three in the morning. And I know this happened to us a couple of times and we're like, well, what is the answer? What do we do? And what we do is we text our mom friends, you know, our like friends that are moms already. We're like, what did you do? They're like, Oh yeah, you can't do what you, you don't look on the internet. You just have to do it is going to make your baby fall asleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you can get some sleep too.
2: Yeah, I mean really, you're just trying to keep this baby alive. Whew.
0: Do you feel like you needed to make this record alone because of the personal nature of it?
2: I didn't feel that. No, I didn't feel that. I just I just felt like it it was a it was a necessity thing. It was, uh, we're, we're in this pandemic. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to make a record with people and also have a baby at home? I think maybe it was more of the, I have a vulnerable child. I don't want to pass the virus to her. Yeah. Kind of thinking about doing it alone more so than this, the subject matter. Um, cause I, you know, as, as, when, as soon as I wrote the songs, to be honest with you, I kind of embraced the fact that I was going to have to go there and I was okay with it. And I was only, honestly, like, again, you, you, I I think at least I've done this. I've surrounded myself with people that are safe people when I'm recording records of my own. So I'm and again that's the work of a good producer too they you want to make an artist feel safe enough to go to those places and to go to places they're uncomfortable in so everybody's always done that for me um so I like that would that wouldn't have been a question I just would have done that would have been those people again or the right kind of people but you know I don't know maybe I obviously did have to do it alone
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah uh, you spoke to some of those lo- lo-fi aesthetics, and Can You Be Alone is maybe my favorite track on the album, mm. and uh, yeah, I just think that the lo-fi vibes just give it so much cool feel.
2: Nice. That's, yeah, there's a, my favorite part of the record is on that song, and it is the uh, guitar-money solo. That was the last thing that was recorded on the record and i knew that i wanted there to be a solo with guitar harmonies and man i worked on that for a long time because i didn't know i I like to kind of do i've heard that david gilmore does this too like he'll sing solos so they're really melodic and i like to do that before i go to the guitar i don't like to write solos on the guitar so i was just like i would listen to that bridge section over and over and I'd just like sing things and I'd be in the car and I'd be listening to it like what is this gonna be and finally I got I found it and then when I put that harmony on I was like yes there's gonna oh that's just so satisfying as a guitar player
0: different instruments did you play on on the record
1: um the
2: only things I didn't play were, were um bass and drums my husband okay. plays the drums on the record he is fantastic
1: right his name
2: is Aaron Haynes um he his actually his most brilliant work is heard in a band called the Texas Gentlemen, and they have some records out. Texas Gentlemen. and Hell yeah that is him on the drums and cool. he is outstanding
0: that's rad. Was this the first time that uh, you had gotten to make a record with him in some fashion? Or he's, on the, he's on the he's on the previous stuff?
2: record as well. Okay, and he and a lot of those songs are about him too on the previous record. So he was on that one. Um, yeah, I mean it's the kind of thing where like we all went into Josh's studio, the fellow who mixed it, Josh Grange. We went into the studio for one day, like took lucky our our baby and uh, her name is lucky Rose by the way so and right. we were like in the studio and in the house and Aaron and Josh were tracking the drums I'm like hey guys this is kind of what we want to do try this out and then like I'd go back in the house with lucky and we'd be playing and it was great like a family affair and we you know in about six hours later we had all the tracks done um but yeah I, I that's a really beautiful memory about the record actually um so there was some collaboration for a brief little moment but yeah the everything else there's some lap steel on there i played um some some keys and synth stuff everything you hear except for the rhythm section is all all myself josh grange did play the pedal steel in the song called mama at the end and um because i I was trying to add something to that, and i I knew that I had to stop like I'm not adding <laughs> to this. I'm gonna pass it on to someone else, so I did, and he did a beautiful job
0: that's uh that's very cool that you know your partner in crime gets to play such a, a significant role in the you know in the record as well, and just I gotta imagine that that's just a very cool dynamic to share within the relationship too and be able to make music together in some way and then especially with this record he's obviously going through this stuff with you and for him to get to play on it and have some some voicing in some way
2: i also think that it's like it's this um man i wouldn't have been able to make this without him without him being there saying uh while i'm coming to him with all of the sort of doubts that i would have yeah, You know, his belief in me is stronger than my own in myself. So that is, um, a reason why this could happen. And that's really fucking beautiful. And I'm, I don't take that for granted and I'm really thankful for that.
0: So yeah, you, you need those people. Oh man,
2: it's so that's important. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, just like now, like there's all these things that are, you know, I'm doing interviews and doing things and I'm, you know, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to be home for dinner today. Or you got to watch the baby longer. It's like never one time. Is it, um, you know, does he let on that? It's like any kind of stressor or something. It's like, yeah, you got to go do this. So it's beautiful. I'm so glad. I'm so happy.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I was just really impressed by the full range of emotions that you were able to, to tap into and kind of display throughout the whole record. And I just think your, your songwriting overall is just so good. And I love your lyrics. So thank you. It's, it's uh, rad to have the opportunity to, to chat with you. You mentioned mama earlier. Um, and that's another one of those, uh, heart wrenching jams on the record that, uh, I really, I really love just that, that acoustic guitar playing. And, uh, yeah, I just thought that song was really great.
2: Thank you. Thank you for that. I I I really appreciate that. That's um that's a song that happened really fast and that's kind of one of those ones that's like from above kind of coming through and all and somehow tying in all of like my daughter, myself, my mother, my grandmother like all in one. Yeah. And um i knew like honestly i was trying to track that song for quite a while and for some like for some reason i didn't have a second mic stand or i don't know if it wasn't working or like it was i just had the amp stand because i don't play a lot of acoustic guitar to be honest so i just had my like small mic stand to track the amps and i Taped the microphone to my desk, and I just like, like, just how I'm, you know, right here talking into this microphone, like, hunched over with the headphones on, getting really close. So that sounds just like cracking. And that's kind of what I wanted, just to hear all that, that intimacy of, of like, just a parlor, a fender parlor with super dead strings, you know? There was something, to, there's something about, something about dead strings I love but that (laughs) guitar just had that sound to it like you can't sing a song like that and it'd be perfect if you know what I mean you know like it's got to be perfect in its feeling
0: that it was oh thanks uh, man I think I think it communicates the feeling very well and I I think like you're talking about those dead strings just kind of they add this Mystique or this darkness so to it in some way.
1: Mm.
2: So. I'm so glad that came across. <laughs> <laughs> Good, thank you.
1: I just want to hear your voice on the line and those words in my ear. What if you're never taught to feel as if in some arms don't speak up, lady till you-
0: Those ones that kind of flow through you like that—is it—is it it kind of a trip sometimes to go back and and analyze the lyrics in some way, or just the the song itself and and what it kind of communicates to you after? Because I feel like listening to it, you know, you're talking about how you're trying to get like yourself and your daughter and your your mother and your grandmother kind of all wrapped up in there, and any of. Any of the lines could be voicing those to any of the those relationships, which is great.
2: And nobody knows which one they are, which is yeah. kind of great. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> that's It's all my secret. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs>
2: that's like, that's kind of, that's like where I'll draw my line, right? Where like, I want to keep that to me, which is, I think there is, as, as much as I'm so open and With all the stuff, it's like, I still want a little bit of, a little bit of mystery in some of that, in some of of the songs, and there's, there will be in that one, but those, even when those songs, like Falcon's Wing is another, that kind of came as well in, in a similar fashion, and it's, I am open to the muse a lot, and I try to be, I'm always kind of listening and just really remaining open. And if it's going to happen, um, I'm not going to like, sometimes it can be a real inconvenience (laughs) like when it happens, but that doesn't mean that I'm not taking that moment of initial inspiration and then going and working on it as like a songwriter, as a craft. Like I'm, I'm taking that initial bit of inspiration and then like, okay, what could be better here because there's little just fine tuning that needs to occur just look at any song but but that there's always initial bits that come you're like ah this is something this is this is something like even when i was doing a drive home the other night from a rehearsal and wrote something on my on my you know, voice memo. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to go back to that. Cause that's a thing. And it, and I'll go back to it and it's, it's, it'll be exciting. That's, I mean, that's kind of the magic of it, right? If we, those things that occur, um, I, I do love the stage and the lights and the performing, but at the end of the day, you, you're just, you're on your own and you're, you're yourself. So you need to have that like those little bits of of uh, presence of the muse make life worth it.
0: Yeah, and having the instinct and the willingness to want to record it in some fashion and capture it in that moment so you can try to tap back into that energy that maybe brought about that initial idea.
2: Yeah, to follow through with it and to work on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause there's such a fine line there, right? Like th- you don't want to think about it too hard, but you need to think about it. <laughs> you need to make it better. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a fascinating thing cause there's no, there's no, there's no rule book for that.
0: Yeah. What What's it like for you recording vocals for an album like this? Is it, is it pretty easy for you to tap into the feeling or does it take kind of a lot of, uh, setting a vibe and a mood in the room or things tricks like that
2: no not necessarily it's um when you know with the last record when I was doing like really big rock tracks um I couldn't I couldn't get to it in the moment like kind of had to come back and do some things um like there was one track I want your trouble that I had to do late night like shooting some whiskey because I just couldn't get loose enough for it. Um with the the my vocal approach for this record was um I want to I because I'm classically trained, I am always wanting to lose my training in my delivery. And I've been working on that for I guess let's see. How old am I now? I've since I, I've been taking, I took oh gosh it started at 10 years old. I've been working on it for 28 years on <laughs> <I'm> like losing <laughs> yeah. stuff and then figuring out like what do I like about my voice now? And I really I I've, I kind of I've had some people tell me and some people that have that have been hearing me for my whole career and they're like wow you really sound like yourself like the most. That's the kind of compliment you want to hear. Um, Just those, there's a lot of breathiness in my voice and there is, I I just wanted to capture the, like all, no affectation, just all of it gone. Like no thought, like delivery that's, that is so pure and true. Mm. Because as like, as a trained professional singer, like I go in and do backups for people and I'll do it in one or two takes you know I hear the song do it and you're like fine-tuning stuff and
0: it's like very mechanical yeah, kind of in that way and you know yeah. what your role and what and your technical is in doing yeah it.
2: but I just wanted to like totally do the opposite thing and I'm like tracking vocals in the morning when I'm when I'm actually s- sleepy vocals for me are the best for the for this stuff a lot of vocals were sleepy where I'm because I'm still kind of tired and I'm not thinking too hard and I'm hmm. Like, it's just so pure. And like, even when I'm thinking about that, I'm speaking differently. <laughs> so it's, that's how I approach them. Um, and I would, you know, I'd do a couple takes and then I would comp them and, but not a ton of comping. I also hear in there like, yeah, I could have put some autotune on certain places, but I'm, that's not what this record was about. And I'm, yeah. I've used it before and I'll use it again, but that's not, again, not, not what this was. So... I mean, maybe Josh used some. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) There might have been a couple, couple lines. Who knows? That's okay. Um, But yeah, it's it's cool to take away all the technique and all the all of the things and all of your all of the moves you do. You know? Yeah. Just like, and also just there's certain ways that I'm singing, like in Falcon's Wing, and I am wild. I've gone into a part of my voice that I've never gone into before too. So there's like there's like a harder tone that I went with. And that that's interesting for me too. And same with the worst thing. Like I've been doing the the rock, the rock singing deal, and that's been super exciting. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of new new places I go with with my vocals. Yeah,
0: there's some angstiness to to yeah. some of it.
2: I'm also in a place now, too, where I'm not. I don't hang everything on every record anymore. It's like, I don't have this feeling of this is my one shot. Yeah. (laughs) Full, full circle here. This, like every record is just a record and it's going to have its place. It's going to do its thing. And I don't know what that's going to be. And placing those like crazy expectations on records and hanging every, like every note has to show my identity or every note i sing or how i play guitar it's like fuck that it doesn't matter it's all of these things i'm all of these things i'm not i don't just have to be this tough rock chick because i am that but i can also do like this super vulnerable stuff and i think that makes the other part even better you know um agreed agreed but like Yeah. It's just so nice to, to be in that place as an artist. <laughs> I also don't think I, I wouldn't have made this record if I didn't have that feeling inside of me, like no, no business thoughts, no. Um, how am I going to put this out? Who's this going to, you know, what genre is this? What's this? What's that? Um, how's this even going to work? Just all of like the who, what, when, why, where, like it doesn't, it didn't occur to me. Doesn't matter. Still doesn't matter. This is going to have its life and every record will have its life. And, um, you know, the business side, like the business side to not be thinking about that is a blessing. And I'm, I'm really glad. And I think that's why this has been what it is. And if you build it, they will come.
0: (laughs) Classic. Classic. They will. <laughs> Mic <drop>. They will.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I think that uh, yeah, the songwriting is great, Brandy, and I uh, my compliments again to your your delivery and your lyrics and the the openness of your uh, your tunes speaks volumes, and I'm so glad that uh, your music was passed my way, and I'm stoked that. <sighs> had the opportunity to have this conversation with you and get to know a little bit more where the tunes came from because, uh, yeah, it's just very cool.
2: Thank you for, for the time and for listening and caring. It's greatly appreciated.
0: Absolutely. I will put all of the links in the episode notes so that people can uh, keep up with you and this record is uh, available streaming on the, the 29th. There's some physical copies of it too i would imagine
2: oh yeah gonna be a beautiful vinyl coming yeah very slick looking can't wait to see it you know takes a long time for vinyl these days so
0: yeah yeah especially right now it's, but uh, it's it is worth the
1: process. it.
0: so tap in get one of brandy's new vinyls and uh, keep up with all the music that she is making Brandy, we end every episode of the podcast with the guests saying the tagline for the show, which is, It's a program. And it means absolutely nothing. It's just like a goofy way that we end the show. It's the way that my grandfather says the news program for some reason. And it's just this ridiculous thing that I've adopted over the last five years. Love it. So if, if we could get the Brandy Dan, It's a program, we can properly end this thing.
2: Love it. It's a program.
0: She nailed it, everybody. That's Brandy <laughs> Zedan. The record Falcon is out, and check out the rest of the uh, the catalog as well. There's some some great jams in there, and we're gonna play it out with one of my favorite songs off of Falcon. And this is just a beautiful song. It's called Everyone Wants, and I just uh, I feel like this one really captures a, a timeless vibe to it. thanks man yeah absolutely thanks for thanks for doing this thing this was a super great conversation so I appreciate you taking the time
2: yeah appreciate you taking the time thanks for doing what you do yeah sweet man okay hope to run into you at some point in time in real life
0: that would be amazing (laughs) that's the uh, the jelly jams and we will catch you on the flip side Portland Nashville wherever you are listening
1: from cool right on. Thank you. Time is moving faster. I don't know if I can keep up. I've got bad habits. Time Affording All that's in you What would you trade To not be afraid Why can't we Just be okay Everyone 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 Wants What everyone else has Everyone wants What everyone else has Everyone wants but everyone else hates, everyone wants, but everyone else hates. Everyone wants what everyone else has, everyone wants, 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 what everyone else has. has. Everyone wants what everyone else has
0: want to give a big shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to DistroKid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that DistroKid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with DistroKid, making their already affordable prices, even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to Distro Kid. Stay up, stay tuned.